in charge of everything we will do in this place. Oh, let your name be glorified. Let us be changed. Let us be transformed. Let our minds be renewed. Let us be empowered by your word. Let healing flow. Let deliverance happen. Let salvation take place. Let righteousness be parted. Let holiness be parted. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. All right, let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. All right, let's be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. All right, we want to apologize to our online audience for uh, that break in transmission right there. Glory to God. Um, it was due to some technical issues beyond our control. I think that's how they say it on TV. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. it, it went beyond our control. Something that um, we, can't, we couldn't handle, but we thank God for uh, what is happening right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. How was our week? Uh-huh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Today is our casual Sunday. Um, so don't be surprised for those of us, especially who are online. Uh, if you're looking at us and it looks as if we're casual, praise God. Every last Sunday of the month is a casual Sunday. We dress down and it also doubles as a partnership Sunday. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. All right. Very quickly this morning, I'd like us to turn our Bibles to the book of First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. The book of First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. Are you there in First Corinthians 15? First Corinthians chapter 15. All right, I'm going to read um, verse 10 um, to us. Glory to God. Are you there now? All right, First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 10. Okay, for there now, let's say amen. I can't hear also. Let's say amen. All right. Now, these are the writings of Paul. He says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I'll read it to us again. He said, But the by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now we began a series from the beginning of the month titled, Walking with God. 
And it's been an interesting series for me. And when I had the conversation with one of our leaders, and he mentioned the fact, because the truth is there's a whole lot uh, to see about this particular topic that we're looking at for the month. Are you with me? And when he suggested that, Pastor, why don't we run the series till the end of the year? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I, I laughed and I was like, ah, we'll run it to the end of the year. What about other topics and all of that? You know, but immediately he said it was as if he sowed the seed in my heart. Praise God. And, you know, the thought of running and continuing the series, you know, just did not leave me. Praise God. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, this is going to be, I think this is going to be the first time that this is going to happen in Love's Domain Family Assembly. Except for the period where uh, we had to do Bible study, where we picked upon a particular book of the Bible to study. Uh, like when we're treating the book of Romans. Uh, Romans had 16 chapters. And because of the length of the book that we chose, we needed to continue and flow into the following month. Praise God. Uh, but anytime we pick a particular topic, we always make sure that at least we're done with that topic for that month. Then we pick another one for the following month. Praise God. But I sense a release in my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, for us to let it overflow into the month of October. Oh, I thought somebody was going to be excited about that hallelujah so for the month of october we're going to continue the series walking with god because there's a whole lot that we need to know there's a whole lot that we need to learn especially in the time and the season that we live in glory to god uh, last week i was sharing with us that there was no way you can talk about walking with god without a walk for god are you listening to me? And today happens to be a partnership Sunday. And I, I, I like to suggest also to us uh, that, you see, when we talk of partnership with God or with the gospel on the face of the earth, a lot of times our mind quickly runs to money. Are you following me? Our mind quickly runs to money. But you see, in partnership with God, when, when we talk about partnering with God, it's not just about finance alone. Are you following me? Because the truth is, there's a lot of things that God wants to do on the face of the earth that he himself will not be able to come down to do it except he partners with man. Oh, are you listening to me? Come on, are you listening to me? I, I remember the words of my pastor, Reverend Benga Kotila, who will always say that there's nobody called nobody. That there's nobody called nobody. And the reason is because he said that everybody has a body. Are you following me? Because when you say you are nobody, it means you have nobody. As in you don't have a body. But for you to have a body, it means you are somebody. Oh, are you listening to me? Come on, are you listening to me? Uh, you see, he took it to a, a particular level in one of the meetings I followed him to. And he began to share how, uh, you know, I, I want you to follow this and understand this. How the devil is a nobody because the devil has nobody. Oh, are you listening to me? 
the devil does not have a body and he took it to another height of revelation that shook me where i sat in that meeting that it will shock you that even god had to become somebody by taking up a body oh you didn't hear me uh jesus said a body as he prepared for me so god had to come in form of a human for him to become somebody are you listening to me so you will find out that there is absolutely nothing that God wants to do on the face of the earth that he does not need a man for. He needs a man to attend to it. So please, can you help me tell the people outside, anybody, Just I need just one or two persons there. Every other person should come and sit down. Everybody should be seated. And if the two people, if there's no solution to it, please let everybody just come in and let's have a wonderful service together. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, for people online, I'm talking about the technical crew. There's something that went wrong this morning. We thank God that we're making use of a diesel generator. Praise God. I mean, we just saw, thank God, and thank God somebody went outside. The old diesel was just pouring on the floor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God it was not a petrol generator. Who knows what could have happened? Amen. Glory to God. So please inform the people outside. If the thing cannot be fixed, let's just sit down and just have a wonderful service. But if it can be fixed, I need just one person or max two persons, every other person should take their seats. Hallelujah. Praise God. So as I was sharing, um, where was I? Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. So God needed a body to become a somebody. So you will find out that there's nothing God wants to do on the face of the earth. He needs a person to carry it out. Are you listening to me? If God is going to bless you, he will need somebody to bless you. God is not going to pour money down from heaven, even though he has the power to do it. Are you listening to me? But he will need somebody to ex execute and carry out his counsel on the face of the earth. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are running through and through the whole earth and is looking for a man. God is always in search of a man that we carry out his purpose, that we carry out his counsel. When Israel was in Egypt, God himself could have come down to deliver them from the hands of Pharaoh. But he needed somebody to carry out his counsel. Are you listening to me? Come on, are you listening to me? So you will understand from all of these standpoints... That partnership with God is not just about finance. We can, when we talk about partnership with God, he also talks about availability to work for God. Availability uh, for the things of God. Are you listening to me this morning? Uh, you cannot say you are working with God without being available for the work of God. Or oh, are you listening to me? And you see there are some scriptures uh, that came to my spirit. While I was preparing for uh, today's service, the first one is in the book of John. And I'd like us to go there uh, very quickly. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, the book of Matthew, sorry. Matthew chapter 5 verse 41. I want us to quickly go there. Now these are the words of Jesus. If you're using a red letter translation... You'll find out that these words are penned down in red. Which means that Jesus was the one that made this statement. Now last week I was sharing with us about um, Uriah being a dutiful soldier. 
I shared with us about the men of David, how committed they were, uh, because David was somebody who served the Lord in his generation according to the will of God and slept with his fathers. Are you listening to me? And I also shared to us about Jesus at the well of Jacob. How he became so tired, how he became so exhausted, and he sat down at the well uh, because the disciples told him that you need to stay here and let us go get food for you. But when Jesus saw an opportunity to preach the gospel, to reach out to a woman who came to the well, Jesus would not give an excuse that he was tired. He would take the opportunity even though his body was telling him otherwise. Oh, are you listening to me? Come on, are you listening to me? And I, I remember that as I began to share, I began to talk about how we need to begin to handle the things of God, the work of God, as if it's a case of emergency. Are you listening to me? Uh, because, um, you know, Jesus said, I will walk the work of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man, when man will not be able to work. There's going to come a time in your life when you will not have the kind of level of energy that you have right now. Oh, are you listening to me? You will not have, oh my God. You see, when I was much younger, not like I'm old right now, praise God. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you see, there's some things I could do that right now I may not be able to do it. Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, that's why I love that scripture in Ecclesiastes. He said, remember the Lord thy God in the days of your youth. Why? Because that's the time you have the utmost energy. Because a time will come that there are a lot of things that you can do as a young man that you will not be able to do when you get older. Oh, are you listening to me? Come on, are you listening to me? So, we need to take the things of God as if, uh, you know, you know, one of the things that distinguish the early disciples and the we that are disciples now was the fact that is when Jesus ascended into the heavens before them and he said I'm going to come back these guys believed to a point that to them it was as if he was going to come back the following day are you following me so they took the gospel with all seriousness they took the gospel with all every passion that they had. They were even ready to die for the sake. In fact, London, they were ready to die. A lot of them died for the sake of the gospel. Because they believed that the one who said he is going, or who they saw when he went up, was going to come back, and they needed to do his work with everything that they have got. Oh, are you listening to me? Now, I showed us Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. If you're there, can you read with a loud voice? If you have a loud voice, can you read that scripture to me this morning? Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. And whosoever shall compel you to go a mile, he said, go with him what? Twine. Can you read a simple translation? Another translation. If someone forces you to go one mile, he said, if someone forces you to go one mile, he said, go with him. How many miles? He said, go with him two miles. Can I? Can I have you, young man? Can I have you? Come. You appear in my video today. Come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Now, Jesus said that if someone compels you and says, you know what? Go with me one mile. Now, look at this. Let's assume that one mile is here. So, I'm asking you now. Let us go one mile. Are you ready? Are you ready to go one mile? Alright, let's go. One to go. Jesus said that if I ask of him to go with me one mile, Jesus said he should not stop at one mile. What should he do? He should go an extra mile. Now, when he went with me one mile, as if he fulfilled what I asked him to do. Come and talk to him. As if he fulfilled what I asked him to do. But Jesus said that when they ask you to go a mile, when anybody asks you to go a mile, he said, don't just go one mile with that person. He said, make sure you go an extra mile. In other words, whatsoever is required of you, don't do exactly what you've been asked to do. Make sure you go an extra mile. Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, we're going somewhere with this. We read a scripture about Paul. And if there was anything about our dear brother Paul, it was effectiveness. Oh, are you listening to me? Effectiveness when it comes to the work of God. Effectiveness when it comes to the things of God. Can you celebrate this young man as he goes back to his seat this morning? It was effectiveness. Now you will understand... What happened to Jesus when he sat down at that well of Jacob? He had all the excuse in the world to sit down and say, you know what? After they have brought the food and I have eaten and I have strength, then I can carry on with the assignment that God has given to me. Or oh, are you listening to me? I mean, he could have waited. And if he waited, sincerely he was justified. Because he was tired. Where he was coming from, he just left the crusade. Are you listening to me? And the Bible says he needs to go to, to Judea. And the Bible recorded that he must, but he must pass through Samaria. There was a necessity that he must pass through Samaria. And the reason why I believe that the Bible says he must pass through Samaria was because there was going to be an encounter at the well of Jacob. Now you can imagine Jesus getting to the well of Jacob tired and they went to get food and that woman came to fetch water and Jesus felt like, you know what, I'm tired. I can't do this right now. Let me just eat. And before they brought the food, before I finished eating, the woman had left. Then the purpose and the reason why he needed to pass through Samaria will have been defeated. Oh, come on, talk to me. Oh, come on, talk to me. How many of us have found ourselves in a place where what we're supposed to do, we found one excuse, one reason or the other not to do what we're supposed to do. Jesus said, if a man asks you to go one mile with him, he said, don't stop at one mile. He said, make sure you go two miles with that person. Or oh, are you listening to me? Make sure you go two miles. And you see, when you're when your work ethics become like that, there's no way you will not stand out among the people that you're working with. Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, there are companies where all of a sudden there will be vacancy. And people will be wondering, who is going to occupy this seat? Who is going to occupy this seat? Who is going to occupy this seat? And everybody unanimously agree that it must be a particular person. 
And because the reason is because that particular person somehow has been able to stand out of everybody. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Jesus said, when a man asks you to go a mile, he said, make sure that you go an extra mile. Don't stop where he is stopping. Don't stop where he's asking you to stop. Oh, are you with me? I was with my friend and brother, Coach Colladay, who went for Bishop Achos, um, you know, convention two weeks ago. And while we were standing, you know, um, you know, while where we sat down as, as ministers and were waiting to be called up, you know, a guy, one of the brothers came and was trying to arrange, you know, um, I think it was the maybe the foot footmat, something like this. He was trying to arrange it, and he did it in a way that he was satisfied. But you see, where Coach Case sat down, you know, he wasn't satisfied. There was a way that thing was meant to sit. Are you listening to me? Now watch this. That was none of his business, was it? Come on, talk. Was it any of his business? How they, however they want to arrange their thing, they could arrange it. Are you listening to me? But he could not just sit down there quietly. Then I saw him motion to the man, uh, to the young man, and said, why don't you arrange it like this? Then the guy, he said, no, move it up a little forward. And you see, the, the little adjustment that was there is something that when you look at it, it will not be visible to everybody. But you see, that little error, that small error, that small space for him was not enough. That thing needed to be done effectively the way it's meant to be done. Or oh, are you listening to me? That that's somebody who will go an extra mile beyond what he has been called to do. Beyond what he has been asked to do. Are you listening to me? Because you see, when God calls us to do an assignment, a lot of us take it with kid gloves. We take it with kid gloves. We handle it however you want to handle it. You treat it however you want to treat it. But the men of old were men who, oh my God, they will labor. They will push themselves. They will drive themselves to a point that they were even ready and willing to give their life for the cause of the assignment that God has given to them. How many of us know Watch Money? Let me see your answer. Watch Money. We're talking about partnership with the gospel this morning. How many of us know Watch Money? I read this book, I think, when I was, the first time I came across this book was, maybe it was 300 level. That I came across this book. Very interesting, powerful book. And I was so blessed by that book. But I think about a year or two later was when I learned that um, Watchmani was dead. And I learned about how he died. And... I mean, <laughs> I just sat down there those years and I felt like, oh my God. Because sometimes when we read scriptures and we read people who were martyred for the gospel, sometimes those things look so far away from us. Now it was said that what my knee took Bibles and he headed for Russia. I think it was Russia, communist country. Praise God. And you know in communism, they don't believe in God. They don't. So just by the borders he was about to enter, he was caught with those Bibles. The Bibles were, 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 were seized, they were burned. I mean, I mean, somehow they disposed of those Bibles and they put Watchman in prison. And while he got into prison, you know what? He would not lay low even in prison. He, he preached his heart out. He, all the prisoners got saved. Are you listening to me? All the prisoners got saved. There was a revival that broke out even in the prison. 
heard about what was going on, I mean, they were taken aback that this man, despite being in prison, will still not give up on the gospel. So what they came to do when they came around, they came with a chainsaw. How many of you know what a chainsaw is? You know, that stuff you start. And they said, you know what? You are going to deny God now. You will deny God. And this is what we're going to do. Every time you tell us that you are not going to deny him, we will cut off a part of your body. So the first time he denied God, they cut off the first ham. And they left him there bleeding. They came back again after some few minutes. And they said, are you ready? He was reeling in pains on the floor. They turned on the church, same chainsaw again. They cut off the other hands. Uh, he was reeling on the floor. They left him. They came back after some few minutes. Blood was everywhere. They cut off his right leg. They cut off his left leg. Life was stealing him. Watch my knees said, I would rather die believing God than die not believing there is a God somewhere. And they said, well, if that's what you've chosen, then they put, you know, <laughs> it's like just this place. They put it, then they put it on a wheelbarrow. Then they wheeled him into the desert and left him there to die. That was how Watchmanee died. And you see, we need to come to a point in our work with God where we believe so much in God that we're willing to lay down our lives for him. Or oh, are you listening to me? Because we can't talk about a partnership with God without talking about a work for God. We can't talking about a work with God. Are you listening to me? How will I say I'm working with God without burning out my energy, my time, my resource for God? Jesus said, if a man asks you to go one mile with him, he said, don't stop at one mile. He said, make sure you go two miles with that man. Make sure you live an extra Make sure you live an extra. Don't go one mile and feel like I'm satisfied. At least one mile is what you asked me to go with. You understand what I'm talking about? He pushed himself. Listen to me. The men of old pushed themselves. They walked themselves. They labored. Are you listening to me? They poured out themselves. Listen to me. If they did not labor the way they labored and were willing to give their life, the gospel will never get to us today. Oh, are you listening to me? Because there are some terrains they will not want to go. Because those terrains, they will probably die. And there are still missionaries today, even as we speak, he will still go into such terrains. Oh, Taliban recently took over in Afghanistan. And after they took over, we know the number of missionaries that they've executed. We learned, I read about a surviving underground church in Afghanistan. A surviving underground church that they caught up with them. And the missionary that was heading that church in Afghanistan, they've executed him already. The Taliban have taken his life already. But here you are in the city with all the comfort. Are you listening to me? With all the comfort, with all the convenience. And yet, you will not give your best. Because when we're talking, you know, I mean, you know, you see, we're talking about walking with God. And today also happens to be Partnership Sunday. And I told us at the beginning that partnership is not just about finance. Your availability is also important. Are you listening to me? This man burnt out for God. This man would do anything for God. As long as it's for God, we are good to go. I was listening to Bishop David Abioye. And even before I listened to him, those days while growing up in the Lord, I used to watch the crusades of Ora Roberts. 
very interesting, a very interesting evangelist. You know, unlike these days where, you know, you just stretch forth your hands and pray in the midst of a crowd and miracles begin to happen. You see, the first person, if you have read God's generals very well, the first person that started, you know, praying for people without laying hands on them in this generation was a woman called Catherine Coleman. Benny Hinn said that he heard about Catherine Coleman. And he said, I need to see that woman called Catherine Coleman. And Benny said he traveled. He traveled miles to attend the meeting of Catherine Coleman. The meeting was going to start by 6, I think 6 or 5 in the evening. Benny said he got to the crusade ground around maybe 9 or 10 in the morning. Everywhere was already packed out. People, he said when he got there, you know, the gate of the stadium was closed. And he said he saw people already standing. Immediately they opened the door. People rushed him. Ran over themselves. Got space. And before noon, everywhere was already jammed up. And Ketchin Coleman would not even climb the stage. Maybe until like 7.38 at night. But man, the stadium was already filled up. And Benny said, he sat down. I was wondering, who is this woman? This thing, you can read it in the book of Benny in Good Morning Holy Spirit. Benny said, I sat down and I was wondering, who is this woman? And he said, all of a sudden, because when Ken Tukoma wants to come out, there's something that they play. I believe in miracles. That's when she walks out. Benny said immediately she walked in. He said there was something that changed in the atmosphere. There was something that altered in the atmosphere. And he said when he was trying to pray for people, Catherine stood. You know she's a very tall woman. How many of you have seen her before? Very tall, very tall, very tall woman. With her flowing gown. And she started praying. There's somebody there on the wheelchair. You're being healed right now. Benny said he will hear a shout. Then they will carry the wheelchair up. Benny said he had never seen it before. He had gone to the crusade of Ora Robert and the others in Ora Robert's crusade. What they do, if there are 5,000 people that came that needs healing, he will lay hands on all the 5,000. Because Ora believes that when you lay hands, there's a transference. And Benny said, I saw a woman who will not need to go and lay hands, but will stretch forth her hands in that direction. And things begin to happen. And Ora Robert, in one of his meetings, I even watched that one. He laid hands on people to a point that he got so tired. And the queue was still long. There was a stone that was close by. You know what he did? He went and he laid on that stone. And he prayed on that stone. Then he sat down. Then he said, everybody on the queue should go and be touching the stone. And as they touched the stone... The blind eyes were popping open. The lame began to walk as they were touching the stone. Now these men walked. Uh, someone told me they did one service in Canaan land one time. And Bishop said God instructed him to lay hands on everybody that came to worship that day. 50,000 people. Uh, and Bishop laid hands. They didn't close that service until I five. He had to lay hands. He said that was the instruction that God gave to him. 50,000 people laid hands on every single person, even to the youngest person in that congregation. Now those are men. You see, we're talking about men that lived, but we're talking about even men that are alive right now. 
Men that are working. Men that are laboring. Men that are burning out for God. You can't talk about a walk with God without a walk for God. Oh, are you listening to me? Jesus said, if a man asked you to go one mile, he said, don't stop at that one mile. He said, make sure you go one, you go an extra mile. Because the work of God on the face of the earth is a work of emergency. As much as we're saying Jesus is going to come, you know, for a lot of us, you know, the coming of Jesus looks so far away because we've been hearing it for so long. Praise God. But the truth is, he may just come today. So if he comes today, what's the hope of your neighbor? What's the hope of the people that are around you? What's the hope? Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's why Paul said that we must walk to be able to redeem the time. For the time is evil. We must walk to be able to redeem the time. For the times are evil. There are so many people out there who need to hear the word of God. That their lives will not be changed until they have access to the undiluted word of God. Oh, are you listening to me? Their life remains the same. Their life remains the same. Their life will never be changed. Has your own life been changed by the word of God? Let me see your answer. Have you been transformed by the word? Has your life been changed by the the word of God? Then somebody around you, somebody in your vicinity, somebody in your neighborhood needs the word of God. Are you listening to me? And you see, it will take a walk while walking with God to be able to get the gospel to the next person. Or are you listening to me? Let me read one more scripture to us. We read Matthew chapter 5 verse 41. Didn't we? Can we read the book of Luke chapter 17 verse 10? Luke 17. Luke 17 verse 10. Oh, glory to God. Because you see, there's a disposition we must have when it comes to the things of God. Luke chapter 17, verse 10. How many of us realize that we live in dangerous times? And we live in the last days. The Bible says in the last days, the love of many will what? Will wax cold. He said, men will become lovers of themselves. When he said men will become lovers of themselves, is in different dimensions. You see, but the first one, which is major for me, is that men, when he said men will become lovers of themselves, is that men will begin to love themselves more than the love that they have for God and the things of God. Men will think of themselves first before they think of the things of God. Are you listening to me? But you need to realize that you have been bought with a price. And that the life that you live now is no longer your own. You see, we must enter into some dimensions to be able to walk with God effectively. Or are you listening to me? The men and women that we read about in God's generals, for those of us who have taken, picked up that book, oh my God, that's one of the books that shared my faith as a young boy. Shared my faith. Steered my faith. Steered my faith. I was steered. Because as I read, I said that these men are spirits. <laughs> are you listening to me? 
are these men of spirits? He was recorded getting come and walk into a school, and the old school, everybody started crying. They didn't know what was making them cry until somebody told them that there's a woman who walked into the school called Kitchen Coma before they realized that it was her presence that was making all of them cry. They didn't understand why they were crying. <laughs> uh, did you read about Mario Woodward Etta? The founder of full of Foursquare Church. The Foursquare Church that you see all around today was founded by a woman. Catherine Coleman said she heard about a woman, another woman doing exploits in a faraway city. Oh, that woman got told her to build a temple called Angelos Temple. And she built that temple. It was 5,000 seater capacity. She built that temple. They commissioned the temple. Services started holding in the temple. Then the government came and said that that building was on a proposed road. That where they built the temple, that because they need to construct that road, a part of the temple will have to be demolished. A married word would told the people that came and said, this is the house of God. You can't demolish it. And they said, well, we don't have a choice. We've been sent by the government and we need to do this road. So when we come, we're going to destroy part of it. So let the church begin to think of what they're going to do about the building. And she told them that you cannot demolish this building. And when they asked her why, she gave them a scripture. She said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And they said, Madam, you are quoting scripture. We were coming back. They gave them this. And married old I gathered all the women in Angelos temple. And say, let us gather in the temple and begin to pray to God. And while we women, we are praying and believing God inside the temple. Let the men go outside and push this building. Oh, you are The men went outside and began to push. People that were around felt like they were stupid. But while the women prayed and interceded and believed God. You see, you have not walked with God yet. That's why your level of belief is still small. Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, Jesus said, give us our daily bread. There's a level you can believe God for. That God will supply your daily bread. Oh, are you listening to me? He will supply your needs at every point in time that you need it. Are you listening to me? If you go bring out more worth, worth uh, money out of the mouth of a fish, what can't he do? Oh, are you listening to me? If the world who brought the the axe air, the metal to float on the water, what can he not do? The one who walked on the sea, what can he not do? The one who walked into a place where a man has been dead for four days and all he could say is that, don't worry, he's sleeping. Oh, ah, he's sleeping. And they said, Master, sleeping. <laughs> he's been dead four days. Oh. Four days. He said, don't worry, he's sleeping. I, I, I tell you, he's sleeping. Who oh, go and wake him up? Go and read that story again in the book of John. When he told his disciples, and he said, let's go to Lazarus. And the people came from the house of Lazarus. I said, don't bother to come again. He's dead. Then Jesus said, ah, I can't be dead. He said, well, let's go and wake him up. For Lazarus is sleeping. The Bible said his disciples believed that truly what he was saying was the reality. That Lazarus was really sleeping. It wasn't until he got dead that they said they saw people crying. 
I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Peter, you know, Peter is always forward. I'm sure Peter must have moved Master and said, but Master, you said this guy is sleeping. This guy is already there. They've even buried him. Oh, four days now they've buried him. And I'm sure Jesus must have still told him that you don't understand that he's sleeping. All we need to do is just call his name and he will rise from wherever he is. And Jesus told them to roll away the stone. And the Bible says Jesus gave a cry. Lazarus, comfort. And he that was dead heard and came back to life and responded to the voice of his maker. Who are you listening to me? Listen to me. Yeah, oh my God. You have not walked with God yet. You have not started your walk with God. And you are satisfied. Listen to me. There's a dissatisfaction within me. In the last couple of days. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm dissatisfied. And it's when dissatisfaction starts. Something is about to happen. Are you listening to me? There's a world to reach. There's a people to reach. The general. Oh my God. Have you looked around you. And discovered that this generation is almost lost they are almost lost they are all over the internet they are talking rubbish listen to stupid people and where are you what are you doing Luke 17 verse 10 look at the words of Jesus are you there now I want to read the scripture from the Amplified Translation. <clears throat> you know, when you read from the King James, a lot of times it doesn't really, it doesn't really bring it home because of all the die and thou. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now look at what it says, Luke 17 verse 10. Now, these are also the words of Jesus. You will see them in red. I'm reading from the Amplified. Now, Jesus said, you too, when you have done everything that was assigned and commanded you, he said, say, we are unworthy servants. Now, look up. Can I have you again, young man? Let me have you again. What was the first scripture I read? Matthew 5, 41. Jesus said, if a man comes and say, let's go one mile. He said, make sure you go how many? Make sure you go two miles. Where's our mile, one mile? Do you still remember? Where's our one mile? Is there, Abby? Okay. So let's go one mile. Let's go. Jesus said, when I asked him to go one mile with me, he said he should ensure that he doesn't stop at one mile. He should ensure he goes two miles. Now, here he was again. Come back. In Luke 10, 17, 10, he said, and so you too, after you have done all that you have been asked to do, he said, say to yourself, you are what? An unworthy servant. In other words, how many miles did I ask this man to go with me? One, Abby. Has he gone that one mile? Is he worthy of praise? Has he done something good? Does he deserve praise? Does he deserve commendation? 
Jesus said, after he has done what I asked him to do, he should look at himself and say, ha, I'm, I'm an unworthy servant. Then, he showed us, wait for me. I said, I'm reading from the Amplified. Now, you see, one of the things I love about Amplified is those words in brackets. They put some words in brackets to explain further the real intent of the writer. Look at what he says. Let me read from the beginning again. He said, so you too, when you have done everything that was assigned that commanded you, he said, say, we are unworthy servants. Then the bracket opened. He said, undeserving of praise or a reward. That means this guy, after walking a mile with him, with me, he does not deserve a reward. He does not deserve to be praised. And why is the reason? Why is Jesus saying this? He said, for we have not gone beyond our obligation. We have merely done what we ought to do. That means what I asked him to do is exactly what he has done. He has not left an extra mile. So he does not deserve a commendation. He does not deserve a pat on the back. He does not deserve a thank. Oh my God, do you understand what I'm talking about? He does not even deserve a thank you. Because exactly what I told him to do was exactly what he did. He did not go beyond his obligation. That's why when you read some translation, he said, say to yourself, you are an unprofitable servant. That means on what I asked you to do, you didn't leave a profit. So he said, look at yourself and tell yourself, I'm an unprofitable servant. Why? Because I've only done that which has been assigned for me to do. Exactly what you've been instructed to do was exactly what I did. I didn't go beyond it. Oh, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? I, I told us about coach earlier when we got to Bishop Astros Church. What he told the guy to adjust was none of his business. You understand? But there was something on the inside of him. There was something on the inside of him that would not just take that mediocrity act. Oh, are you listening to me? Because he wants that thing done. Even though it was none of his business, but he pushed an extra mile. Jesus said, when a man asked you to go a mile, he said, make sure you go too with him. And if all you could succeed to go or to do is go one mile, he said, don't expect a clap or a standing ovation. Don't expect a pat on the back. Boy, you've done well. He said, because exactly what you've been told to do is what you have done. You have not gone beyond your obligation. And that's the kind of spirit that I carry. Everywhere I go, I'm looking for what is meant to be working that is not working. To make it work as long as it's within my power. Or oh, are you listening to me? I'm looking at how it can work. I'm looking at how I can drive it. I bring in my energy. I bring in everything I've got to ensure that it works. Especially when it is the work of God. Uh, when me and my guys, when we gather together, the tribe, where five of us in the tribe, me, Bishop Bachor, you understand? You know, they say those things as a joke, you know? But it gets to me, and I tell myself that even at this level, you're not doing enough. Bishop will say to me that when you meet this man, he will make you feel as if you're lazy, that you're not doing anything called ministry. 
He said in the morning he will bombard you. <laughs> he will bombard you. There's a broadcast. There's a video to watch. There's a. He said. He said one day I don't look at myself. Say, are you? Are you not? Are you not supposed to be doing ministry? Listen to me. We need to redeem the time for the times are evil. We need to redeem the time. We need to burn out for God. We need to give it everything that we have got. Why are you listening to me? Because the times are evil. And the generation is going to waste away. No, oh my God, are you listening to me? Not on our watch will a generation waste. Not on our watch. Not on our watch. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14 that we read. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Now let's go there because of our time. Please put your hands together for him again. Oh my God, you're not clapping, you're not clapping, you're not clapping, you're not clapping. Celebrate that young man. Celebrate that young man. He's appearing in my video. Come on, celebrate him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's read that scripture again. As we begin to round up this morning. We're still on the subject walking with God. But we're looking at walking with God in the respect of partnership with God. And I've told us partnership with God is not finance alone. It's not just money. Sometimes God just needs you to be available. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, earlier this morning in my meditation, while I was meditating on this subject, something dropped in my spirit. And when I thought of it, I, I began to wish a wish. You know the wish I was wishing? Shall I tell you the wish I was wishing? As I was thinking of walking with God, not walking now. Walking with God. Walking for God. There was a guy that came to my spirit. The man who while Jesus carried the cross. And was exhausted. Was called to come and assist Jesus. You remember that man? And he carried the cross with the master. I want to imagine his place in heaven. I want to imagine how important that guy is going to be in heaven because of that assignment that he partook. You see, he could have said no. Because he was not a criminal. A criminal was the one that was supposed to carry the cross. Even though Jesus was a saint, but he was already condemned as a criminal. So why would you ask me, an innocent man, to come and carry the cross of a criminal? But this guy did not, didn't say no. He went there. And he assisted Jesus in carrying that cross. I want to believe that guy has a special place in heaven. Oh, come and talk to me now. You know, I've told us before that we are all going to get to heaven. There's no, that one, there's no argument about that. Some people still believe that Maybe they will make heaven. Maybe they will not. So they still sing You know, but you see me, I'm not a fin. Praise God. You understand? I'm not a fin. You understand? Like I told us when we started, I have a body. You understand? So I'm not a fin that we that we just on. Glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are not going to be citizens of heaven. We are already citizens of heaven. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We're citizens of heaven. We're all going to get to heaven. That one is guarantee. And the one who guaranteed this is the one who gave his life for us. 
Are you following me? But the difference when we get to the when we get to heaven is going to be the rewards that we're going to get. You know, it's going to be like secondary school days for those of us who remember those days. Praise God. Where everybody in SS2 has passed to SS3. All of us passed. Come on. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We were even the one that had, uh, you know, on trial. At least he's in SS3. Do you understand? But there's going to be a day of award. Do you understand? Where the principal will stand and say, the best student in so, 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 so. And they begin to give recognition. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's how heaven is going to be like. Where people will be recognized for what they did while they were in their body. So I believe that that guy has a special place in heaven. And there are certain things that we will do for the Lord while we are here on planet earth that will be recognized when we get to heaven. Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, that woman that had a widow's might. That was all that she had, was it not? She had a might. She didn't have a thousand dollars. She did not even have two million dollars to give. All she had was a might. In fact, Jesus made us realize that she didn't even have two mites. All she had was that one might. And when it was time to give her offering, she came to the box and she dropped the might. She didn't drop the mic and say, Joe, man, what changed? Uh, you know, people do it in church. Oh, uh, you understand what I'm talking about? I dropped a thousand, Joe, man, 800, and it changed me. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? She didn't drop the mic and say, Give me some two, uh, I don't know the smaller denomination in those days. She dropped everything and she left. And Jesus said, Yeah, something just happened. This woman just touched something in eternity. And Judah said, What happened? And Jesus said, didn't you see the woman? That what she dropped was all that she had. The others that you came, that saw, that dropped, it looks as if it's big money. It was out of that which they have. Out of the abundance of what they have. That they brought. But this woman, the only might. She doesn't even know how she's going to take her next meal. She doesn't even care what's going to happen to her family. If she has one. But she just believes God. And she trusts that one might into the basket. And Jesus said that that woman has done way more than every other person that looks as if they've solved something large. Why are you listening to me? See, while we are here on planet Earth, there are things we will do. There are places we will touch. There are lives we will touch. Are you listening to me? That will be recorded against us in heaven. And we will be rewarded for those things that we did while we were in the body. You can't talk about a work with God. Get on the keyboard for me so that I can. Because I still have a lot in my spirit and I can just go on and on. Praise God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. Look at what Paul said. Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. What do you mean, Paul? That you are the least of the apostles. That means out of all the people that came into apostleship, Paul was affirming that I was the last person to come in. He said, I am the least of the apostles. He said, I am not even meet to be called an apostle. I'm reading for, from, verse, verse, from verse 9. 
He said, I am not even meet to be called an apostle. That means when they look at the qualifications of an apostle, eh, I'm not supposed to be called one. And he said, the reason is because I persecuted the church of God. The other apostles were not persecutors of the church. They were supporters of the gospel. Are you listening to me? The other apostles even left everything that they had to follow Jesus. Oh, Peter left his fishing business and followed God. Oh, are you listening to me? He left his, oh my God. You see, they had sheep, didn't they? At some point, Jesus had to use Peter's sheep. A sheep and a canoe, is there a difference? Come and talk to me. Somebody who uses canoe to go and fish and somebody who uses a sheep to go and fish, is there a difference? Come on, talk to you. Is there a difference? Come on, what's the difference? Capacity. So, because of capacity, it means one will have more money than the other one. Oh, Peter didn't leave Keno business, Keno fishing business to follow Jesus. He left a shipping business. Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, men who fish with sheep, they don't go after tilapia fish. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? They don't go after tilapia fish. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking to cast some sharks, some whales, some fishes, big fishes. Because they go into the deep of the waters. Are you listening to me? And Peter left everything to follow. So you could look at Peter and say, Ah, I will make sacrifice. Is worthy to be called an apostle. But Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles. He said, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. He said, because I persecuted the church. I was a persecutor of the church. What the apostles were for, I was against. And I was not just against, I was seriously against it. But look at the next statement where he said, he now said, he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in what? In vain. Now Paul said, what I have become today, I became it by the grace of God. He said, it's the grace of God that made me what I am. He said, but one thing I need you to realize is that the grace that was released upon me was not in vain. I maximized it. I used it. Look at what he now said. He said, but I labored more abundantly than they all. It means the grace that was supplied to me, I did not just allow it to go in vain. I labored with that grace that was upon me. He said, yet not I, not I. Don't look at the labor and what I am by the grace of God. But you see that grace that was poured upon me, I didn't allow it to just waste away. I labored abundantly. He said, even more than they all, they all, they all, than Peter, than James, than John, than the others. So the difference between Peter and Paul was labor. Oh, are you listening to me? The difference between Paul and James was labor. The difference between Paul and the other disciples and John, James, Andrew, Timothy, all of them was that he was. He labored more abundantly than they all. He said, but yet not I, but the grace of God that was upon me. Paul's name was recorded 
on a pedestal that even the men who walked with Jesus were not recorded. And what was the difference? It was the labor that Paul put into the work that was given to him that stood him out. Are you ready to walk with God? Oh, it's a question. Are you ready to walk with God? Oh, I can't hear anybody here. Are you ready to walk with God? Oh my God, few people are responding. Are you ready to walk with God? Oh, are you ready to walk with God? Oh, can you rise up and walk up to five people? Are you ready to walk with God? Oh, are you ready to walk with God? Oh, are you ready to walk with God? A walk with God results to a walk for God. A walk with God results to a walk for God. Uh, Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all. Oh, right now, I want you to open your mouth and begin to pray in the spirit. Uh, wherever you are this morning, Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I believe so strongly that when we pray in the spirit, one of the things that is released by God is grace upon our lives. Oh, I want you to pray in the spirit this morning. And as you pray, I see grace being released upon you. I see abundance of grace being poured in your direction. Oh, come and open your mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are this morning. Oh, come and pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit this morning. Pray in the spirit. There's a grace that is coming your way. There's a grace that is coming your way. And this grace is going to be demanding for labor. It's going to be demanding for labor. There's a grace that is resting upon you. There's a generation that is counting on you. There's a generation that is counting on you that you must not fail. There's a generation counting on you that you must not fail. In whatever it is that he has asked you to do, uh, go an extra mile. In whatever it is he has asked you to do, uh, go an extra mile. For after you have done that which you have been asked to do, look at yourself and say, I'm a rewarded servant. For I've only done that which I've been obligated to do. I want to partner with you, Lord. I want to walk with you Lord I want to work with you Lord I want to burn for you Lord I want to burn for you Lord I want to burn for you Lord I want to walk with you Lord I want to walk with you God oh I want to walk with you I want to burn for you oh Stop playing that. 
set me on fire let fire surround me set me on fire set my life on fire everything I hold is for you Take me deeper, deeper, Lord. 
help me to burn for you. This is my desire. Light me up, Lord. Light me up, Lord. Sunday beyond the seed that you have in your hands there must be a passion within you there must be a passion a generation is counting on you a generation is counting on you a generation is waiting for you and if you do not show up, that generation is going to go to a waste. Sometimes when I get weary, that thought comes to me and say, the generation is counting on you. If you drop the sword now, that generation's hope is lost. You are somebody's hope. You are somebody's hope. Somebody's salvation is tied to you. Somebody's healing is tied to you. Somebody's deliverance is tied to you. So when we partner with God on the face of the earth with our substance, with our time and energy, our life and everything that we owe, what we're saying is Lord, let your kingdom come. That's what we're saying. So right now, as you want to give your partnerships in wherever you are, from Lagos to Akure to Kwale Church, to all our partners online, 
never forget never ever forget that God is never unfaithful to forget your labor of love I've come to realize that there are some level of favors I enter into and I'm able to enter into those things those, that level of favor because of some things I've done in time past God is never unfaithful to forget your labor of love a time may come it may look as if Mordecai has been forgotten but Mordecai will never be forgotten because a time of recompense is surely going to come in fact the truth is if Mordecai had been rewarded after he saved the king's life maybe the best that will have happened to him is that oh you saved my life just give him money and let him go but God ensured that when he was going to be remembered it was a time that not just him but the whole of Israel we need it critically God is never unfaithful to forget our labor of love so never at a point in your time a time in your life feel like what you're doing for God is a waste there's no waste with God whatever you do for him he will never never forget it there were some acts that David did that God promised David and said <laughs> you see I'm not just going to bless you but this blessing will move on down your generations just because of this particular act of yours lift up your hands everywhere all over this auditorium online in our church just lift up your hands oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for every of our partners wherever they are right now under the sound of my voice I pray oh God the reward of labor the Bible says a laborer is worthy of his wage. Lord, their reward will not elude them. Oh, I thought somebody was going to say amen to that. Not in marriage will it elude them. Uh, not in finance, not in ministry, not in their jobs, not even in their health will these rewards elude them. For their reward will surely come. I say it will surely come. I say it will surely come in the name of Jesus. Oh, lift up your hands. Just wave your hands to him. Take the reward everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you for this atmosphere. We thank you, Lord. Be glorified, Lord. And I pray for heavy partner redeeming their pledge. Some people redeem their pledge, their monthly pledge during the course of the week. Some are going to redeem it today. Some will redeem it before the last day of the month. Lord, as the people make a pledge and as they redeem it, the Bible says, faithful is he who has called.